Hello and welcome to the Comedians Outlook podcast. I'm Luke Anthony and for this slightly different episode, I'm joined by a group of fellow comedians. Best mates Danny Mark, Louis Green and Aaron Spaulding are not only brilliant comedians, but they also co-run the amazing Glass Eye Comedy in Suffolk. I had great fun recording this episode and I dare you not to laugh. So without further ado, I give you the Glass Eye Comedy Trio. I'd like to apologise for Aaron Spalding. Uh, he's uh, he's a bit he's got to leave prematurely. So uh, yeah. <laughs> like he does every night, he, he gets laid, yeah, and he just about gets a condom on, and then he has to go. <laughs> Quick draw. How we put it on, though? Can it be? Oh, it's going to end my podcasting career. This is really is. Um, right, Danny, how did you guys meet? And how did Glass Eye Comedy uh, start? Um, I met Green first. Louis Green first. We went to high school together. We were both. Well, you're American. What? What, you're American? High school. High school. Is what you call them? In the, I, don't think, yeah. I didn't think we had a high school in the UK. I thought yeah, it was secondary yeah. school. Oh. oh, we're not from Cambridge. Yeah, but he ah. is scum. He likes to call it high school because he always refers to himself about how much he looks like Zac Efron as well. So. Right, I see, I see, yeah. Especially in the Ted Bundy, <laughs> you know. A lot of Behaves like ladies. him, looks like him. Well, this is going well. <laughs> Um, so, you know, so, so you and Louis went to school together? Yeah, we went to school together. Um, finished school, didn't see each other for a few years, did we? No. Nope. Naturally. Naturally. Um, life's just gone away, met back up. A few life circumstances had, had happened in the, the time, and we said you, we always said we wanted to do comedy. So me and him started, done a gig in my mum's back garden. Took her from there, really. We, we got a night in a local pub, ran a night there, and Aaron came along to the first night there. Yeah. And just muscled his way in, really. Yeah, I'd say more wormed than muscle, but <laughs> I'm here now. <laughs> you just kept turning up at your gigs and just sort of yeah, loitering like, a bit. And just waiting outside and just... Yeah, I'm like, just I'm like one of those comics that is just really persistent and, and messages <laughs> yeah. and turns up. You know. We don't want to name any names, there's yeah. a few on the circuit, but... <laughs> Runs um, to 20 when he's only booked for a 10, that sort of comic. He said I was sorry, man, I don't know why that. Does lots of jokes about bones and tortoises. <laughs> 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 Uh, and not to narrow it down or anything. Um, that had, so you guys met, and then and then Aaron sort of wormed his way in, as he as he nice eloquently said. And how was like the glass eye comedy sort of born? Yeah, well, we we that was our first night. That was your first night. Um, was it called glass eye at that time? Or? Yeah, it was called glass eye at that time because we had. I'll let someone else explain the story of glass eye. So basically, we. This is Louis, by the way. Just so in case you, just so you know the voices. <laughs> the first person who spoke was Danny Mark. Now the person speaking is Louis. Yeah, so basically what happened is we had a night in Danny's mum's back garden. Yeah. And we arranged it, and one of our friends... Kinky motherfucker. Yeah, it was mad. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> mad. Ticketed, drugs, all sorts. But um, there was no... a good idea. Dis- disclaimer, there was no drugs. Um, yeah, no, so we, we basically, we went to... Our friend said, oh, anyone can get up and tell a joke. So he got up and told this joke, and it was this big, long-winded joke, and the punchline was there was a glass eye on the mantelpiece. Right. And nobody laughed for a good 30 seconds. It was like the most... It's actually on film. We've got it on film. It was the most awkward moment ever. And me and Danny just looked at each other and said, glass eye is born. No, that was it. That was was where the name came from. Wow. So basically, it came from someone dying on their fucking arse, and he thought, let's do a comedy club. and Yeah. Watch this every day of my life. Still, after being do, doing comedy now for a, a couple of years now, that's still the worst I've ever seen anyone die yeah. that night. And that wasn't even a proper that gig. That wasn't even a proper gig. <laughs> yeah. No, just I've never. I didn't even know it was a joke. Wasn't it, Nick? 
Nick J. <laughs> <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter. <laughs> Add him on Facebook. Yeah. Appreciate the attention. Yeah. To be honest, swipe right on Tinder. Ever, ever since that night, he's lost all his friends in Ipswich, so he'd love his friends right now. Paul Kerr as well. That's how he started. He saw someone do a really shit job. Went back the next week, did it, and yeah, did all right. Yeah, yeah, we saw Nick J die on it. <laughs> just, Nick just, J. Just, just, just plugging his name again. <laughs> fucking libelous one. Um, <laughs> he's not even here to defend himself that's the worst thing even if he was he wouldn't be able to <laughs> Nick J is a worm <laughs> yeah, what's annoying is that he's my biggest fan he's the only person to listen to this podcast <laughs> and then and then, at what point did Aaron just sort of get in, involved like you just what's your job in the glass high comedy thing I mean does it need three people uh, I don't know I think you sort of condense you could condense three people's workload into one person, but then you don't have the camaraderie that, that we have see. as part of Class I. Um, I don't really know what my what my role is. Just I think for me, like when we started out, we were so inexperienced, and your experience was very valuable to us. That's, you know... Okay, wing, usually, usually, I get towards the end of the interview and people start crying, but it's like it's got very sentimental very quickly. Oh. For me, it was just physical attraction, really. Yeah, <laughs> those, those beautiful long locks of his. Oh. Well, you know, two like bears and a long-haired guy. We, uh, we always said we wanted someone in the group that looked like Gary from um, Men Behaving Badly. So. Two bears and their cub. Yeah. <laughs> and how did how did Aaron get into comedy, Aaron? Fucking hell. She's doing all right here, isn't Yeah, I knew, I knew it was going to be confusing. <laughs> Louis, how did, how did Aaron get into comedy, man? He, you were back. You were 16 when you started, weren't you? Yeah. 16? Yeah, I was. Nice and young. Lots to talk about at 16. Yeah, yeah you know, there's a lot of, <laughs> lot of Kleenex jokes and what, whatnot. <laughs> Kleenex? Fucking posh, man. I couldn't afford Kleenex when I was knocking them out at 16. Jesus. Can't afford Kleenex now. <laughs> <laughs> and Danny, what about Louis? How did he get into comedy? You know, me, didn't you? Same thing, wasn't same it? Same thing, yeah. yeah. Literally took the same path together. Yeah. Held each other's hands. Mm-hmm. Then we did a gig in Brighton. Drove to Brighton for a five minute slot. I dolled in my nice, house. Nice cos- my cosmopolitan lefty sort of town. <laughs> um, Imagine them two rocking up as well. <laughs> he was playing, he had control of the music when we were driving through Brighton and. <laughs> <laughs> Twist and shout, full blast out the window. I was singing a nice road trip. He was having a meltdown, mate. That's like my second gig, though, to be fair, and mm. I was nervous as fuck. And well, then we got there, and there was that woman that was heckling everyone in the crowd as well, and I was just like, oh, I don't know what to I do. I want to be a comedian. Of course <laughs> you do, that. I think while we're on the lines of um, songs being blared out on the way to gigs, I need to tell a story about Louis Green, where do it. Yeah, yeah. we did a gig in a very rural town in, uh, in <laughs> Suffolk. Green wore a flat peak, a Raiders top, in his Mazda MX-5 with the roof down playing Fuck the Police by NWA full blast and I've never seen a collective group of people more mortified than when he rocked up into that pub car park especially the promoter <laughs> there, yeah, oh, there was a reason way. behind it in all fairness I was the promoter booked me and then told me that I couldn't do certain material oh okay because the pub was too posh oh right so I decided to come as an extra uh, straight out of Compton <laughs> and he looked the part. It was, he looked the part. It was, it was you cool. go on his Facebook as a photo, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure we used it on a poster once. Yeah. So I'm not... <laughs> was, I, I literally went full blown chain, flat peak, Raiders t shirt, baggy yeah. jeans, and just thought, right. It was a Jesus piece as well, yeah, wasn't it? It was it a wasn't Jesus even piece, like yeah. a. Yeah. Big cross, big chain cross. And he said it went down well. 
He did all right. I was, I was impressed. <laughs> <laughs> the promoter weren't too impressed when I turned up. No, yeah, but funny's funny, isn't it? Doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, not, not 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 to name any names, but the guy who does like jokes about bones and and uh, <laughs> strikes me as that funny's funny. You know, funny's um, funny. You know, it works. Legend. It works. But so yeah, well, basically, me and Danny we got into comedy because Nick J died. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that link right back to about uh, five minutes ago. Not a pullback. <laughs> Incredible. No, man, they're, they're naturals. So, Danny, describe Louis' comedy up in one sentence. Oh, describe Louis' comedy in one sentence. Not going to be nice. Are you funny? <laughs> I can think uh, of a few words, to be honest. Uh, a different can... take on the view. Uh, a different view on the world, I'd say. Give a different view on the world. Yeah, that's what your comedy yeah, is. A little bit, yeah. In other words, fucking mentalist. <laughs> Louis, how would you describe Aaron's comedy? Plagiarising. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cut there. <laughs> no, I was accused by a, by a comedian of, of plagiarism, wasn't I? But they never they, they never addressed it with me. The complaint wasn't upheld. It, it was it was it it down at all, yeah. 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 No evidence. No yeah. evidence at all. And it isn't true, just to <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to answer the question? Yeah, probably? yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, well, um, I just know he's got somewhere to go, so I want to be as long as I can. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he's got, like, a sweetness about him. Oh, but, there's definitely a charm to yeah, Aaron's... Um, a sweetness comedy. charm with a dose of darkness is how yeah. I'd describe him. Yeah, you, you catch people off guard, don't you, with some of the things you say. Yeah. I don't think sweet little Aaron's going to say it. Yeah. Well, what I've been waiting for Aaron's comedy, right, and I'm just waiting for him to be, like, sponsored by L'Oreal. <laughs> 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 I am worth it, to be fair. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And Aaron, you can defend yourself now. How would you describe Danny's comedy? He's an excellent joke writer. Well, cheers. Oh, he's a joke writer. He's a, he's a fantastic joke writer. And the best thing about gigging with Danny so frequently is that I'm seeing him progress as a performer every time he gigs, which, you know, we're all close. We're all, we're all mates. And Some more see, than others, apparently. Yeah. yeah. But, but, you know, and it's the same with Louis as well, because Louis's MC has come on tenfold and it's... <laughs> It's just to see people come on at the right peg. I, I I didn't mean it like that. I mean, <laughs> just to see them progress in the way that they are is always um, is always heartwarming. But isn't it? As, as I say, for us though, truthfully, we say this all the time. We look up to Aaron. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Because like I, I still say, that I think he's a cut above a lot of the comedians on the circuit. So we really look up to him. So it's great to be able to watch him perform. Because mm. for me, I'm I'm gigging constantly with somebody who's. That notch above me, so I've got something to aim for. Yeah, I mean, I, I just resent him to be honest, but um, <laughs> you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's why I do a podcast as well. Cheers, guys. Some people just get it all, don't they? Amazing yeah. hair. I know. Yeah, fantastic good looks. At comedy. Yeah. I thought I thought comedians are meant to be ugly. Fuck it, so. <laughs> well, <yeah. laughs> I hate to address the elephant in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's not a nice thing to call Louis, is it? <laughs> Aaron, I need to get I need to get Aaron as much as I can on this podcast so before he goes and drinks on. A field, he is a skate park. He is needy like that. To be fair, he's yeah. a proper day drinker. Look, to be fair. if I want to take my scooter out to the skate park, I'm going to bloody well do it. All right. Yeah, just wear your elbow pads and your knee pads, okay? Let's get my helmet because there's nothing going it's, on. It's, 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 yeah. Tell me about a gig when Louis absolutely died on his ass. This is going to be interesting because I don't think you've seen one. I, but yeah, I don't think I've seen one either. I've seen one where Danny's died. Absolutely yeah. died on his ass. You've seen I a gig. think. I think the closest I've seen Louis die on his ass was a festival gig that we did yeah. where essentially the audience were children and 
Louis was still relatively new and a lot of his stuff was quite adult themed <laughs> and he tried to tailor it to the kids <laughs> but they weren't on board rather than saying Dick said cucumber <laughs> and, and then he scrapped his material completely went for a 14 year old boy in the front row and started calling him like Joey Essex and the audience were not on board at all because it was a grown 31 year old man insulting a child <laughs> So true. That yeah. is probably. Had he even yeah. heckled you at all? I was 30. Years no, old. he hadn't. He, he hadn't even heckled you. So he hadn't even invited you to attack him. He pissed me off. He was probably the oldest in the audience, but. He pissed me off because. Um, what, what, what had he done? He had done something. Oh, no, he heckled Mackie, didn't he? He did heckle He Dom, heckled yeah. Mackie. So I jumped on. Dom why, why on earth would you defend Don Mackey? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he hasn't got the means to defend himself. <laughs> that guy's a kinky motherfucker. He loves being roasted. He loves pain. <laughs> yeah, he loves it. He's a good lad, Mackey. Right, cool. That was long-winded. <laughs> All right, then, Danny. Uh, how's, have you ever seen Aaron, like, fall flat? Have I ever seen you fall flat? I don't think I have. I've never seen you be anything less than excellent, to be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go that far, mate. I think that's a stretch. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's there's tough rooms and stuff like that. But when there's tough rooms, all the comedians struggle. When you're still one of the strongest out of everyone that struggles, like I don't think you and your material have ever died in your own. You've never felt the pain that I feel. I'd like to point out to the podcast listeners at the moment that if you've seen Human Centipede, that's quite literally what uh, Danny and Erin are doing to each other right now. Yeah. Human Centipede, by the way. <laughs> human. 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 Come centipede. on, mate. Right. Fuck off! <laughs> I can't believe there's three people from Ipswich here talking to each other about spelling, about about grammar, and how to speak. It's it's a fucking wonder. And Louis, yeah, I know you, you're definitely going to be the one to this one then. Like um, what you say, like, Danny, has he ever died in his ass when you've been there? Yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> Two occasions. One of them I felt sorry for him because it was like our second gig and he got heckled by an audience member who was supposedly going to be a comedian and she was an absolute arsehole all the way through. She was pissed as arsehole. She was really, really drunk and she heckled like literally everybody. Oh, really? Um, Except me. It was literally my set was probably the one she was quiet all the way through. Um, So there, but the the worst one's got to be Lee Stock. Lee Stock was <laughs> so basically the music stops and the comedians come on and Danny was due to come on and he got yeah. on stage and uh, the whole setup really just wasn't working the speakers were in the wrong place and it was outside and it just mm. didn't work um, and then it's, all and just for the listeners um, Danny's currently crying um, <laughs> the worst experience of my life for this gig yeah. but as I'm just shocked that Louis saying such horrible things about someone he cares about oh, so no. dearly. I mean, he loves PJ usually. I don't <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Danny's got onto stage and literally as he's about to start his set, the audience turns into eight-year-old kids and literally sitting around your feet, weren't they, mate? And I would say that out of the three of us, I'm probably the most <coughs> adult-themed. Yeah, without a doubt. So I didn't know what to do. <laughs> I didn't know what to do. Did, I did, thought at one point he was just going to bust out. He's got the whole world in his hands. <laughs> start, start singing "I Love You" by the Purple yeah. Dinosaur. The count that we named. God, we should have done is just done a speech and just got him on your side and spoken about how we're going to change. The Mate, climate. I could have done a speech. I could have reincarnated, re- recreated a speech that Hitler had done, and that would have gone down better than my set did that day. <laughs> really, that was horrific. The drive home was my favourite part. I didn't say a word. Did you say a word to him, or you just go? <laughs> 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 how was that, mate? Did you enjoy that? Did 
you like that? Would you? Uh, we remind how did that him. Feel? We remind him now and again. It was yeah. when we got asked to go on again later on in the afternoon, and Danny went no chance. Because <laughs> <laughs> lo and behold, a bunch of eight-year-olds would come and sit right down at your feet and want to listen to you. That is probably actually I tell a lie. I died worse than Nick J died. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah these boys just like a nice callback to an earlier conversation. N I C A space J A Y Nick J of Felix Stone. <laughs> He's nearly died as hard as what Danny has. <laughs> nearly. Yeah, we're, me- we're making se- we're making uh, headway here, boys. Cheers for bringing that one up, Louis, mate. That's all right. <laughs> nearly forgotten about that one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, honestly, it's, there's a tear, tear on his cheek. I feel a bit bad now. So. I, I would like to say I have bad. died horrendously, but I've just did it on my own. Yeah. To be yeah. fair, I got the phone call after that one. Yeah. Day, yeah, yeah. You phoned me up and said I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. I mean, what do you what do you constitute as like dying though? Like? I, I didn't get laughed the whole. Oh, okay. Yeah, the whole just silence. Time. I then found out that the audience weren't English. Oh. Okay. And I was in a travelling hostel. Oh, okay. Doing a set. You just happened to be in Vietnam, and none of them were speaking English. So. Yeah. It was <laughs> yeah. pretty bad. <laughs> It was bad, but I, I I got some kind words. You got back on the horse, didn't you? Got back on the horse. But sometimes, like in certain audiences, like Cambridge audiences, or I mean, they could be bastards. But um, oh God, why did I say this stuff? I've just been on the pod. I've just been on the radio talking about <laughs> my podcast, trying to trying to get some Cambridge listeners, and here I am just defaming them. Um, they, they can be quite polite, so they can be too polite sometimes. Where. Yeah. They don't. They don't laugh all the way through because they're they're enjoying the art of what you're doing. Yeah. And then at the end, they give you a ruptures or applause and they say that's amazing. But you may not have got many laughs throughout that set. We too, sometimes find that we have to tailor our sets to Cambridge. To Cambridge, yeah. Well, mm. I struggle in Cambridge. Yeah. I struggle in Cambridge. And I I really love seeing like people from London come to Cambridge, like try try and do a set in, yeah. in Cambridge because they've had this like nice little London bubble where it's going really well for them. Yeah. They come to Cambridge and don't get a single laugh, and, and I sort of give up comedy. Because yeah. <laughs> I think they've died in their eyes. You've got a London act to travel to, be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bring a gigs. <laughs> oh, oh. Fucking worst thing has ever happened to comedy, I think, bringing gigs. I want to. I want to ask Louis about the time that Aaron's like absolutely nailed it. But you're just going to say every fucking time, aren't you? Hell yeah. <laughs> has there been? Okay, I think we should make it slightly different. Has there been a gig that you've been at where no one's really hitting it off? And then, like, Aaron just comes on and turns the room around. I'm going to have to have a bit of time to think that now. You changed the uh, goalposts. Best I've ever seen him perform was a little gig in Swefflin. I, I actually think you... we were Again, this was the no, the day that I turned up in the uh, NWA gear. Um, and <laughs> Spalding turned up in tracksuit bottoms and an England shirt. <laughs> because we were missing the England game. We were hoping to be able to watch it on our phones during the gig. Um and everybody done well, particularly well that day, but Aaron was just on fire and just did this headline set. It was about 25 minutes long. I mean, it was unbelievable. Crowd went mental, carried him out above their heads, and mm. that's mad. There's only like, you know, two people ahead. Yeah. <laughs> it's not. I'm, I'm not particularly heavy. Yeah, the gala was probably another one. Not the gala, Santa's Secret Shenanigans. Our birthday party we throw every year, Santa's Secret Shenanigans was another one. Aaron headlined and absolutely hit it out of the park there as well. They're probably the two that stick in my mind. He was unreal. So what's the next what's the next step for you then, Aaron? Like if you're if you're nailing these gigs everywhere you go and you're doing like head down spots, you've headlined my show. Uh, I'm not saying that's a like a, a very big show, but I mean what's your next step then? Like if you if you're at that point where you're consistently hitting it, getting it right, what do you want to do next? What's the We're really trying to get him to lose his virginity. <laughs> <laughs> 
I've come, I've come close a few times as well, man. Like, yeah. Well, you just get to that last point, and then it's like, nope, friend zone. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> Sorry, got a boyfriend. Ah, oh, cool. Cheers. Well, it's okay. I mean, if you if you're single and you want to plug your singularity on this podcast you're welcome to because I, I I would say I'm almost as single as Nick J N I C space J A Y Nick J of Felix Stowe Suffolk just uh, <laughs> just uh, just that spelling of his name again for you um. <laughs> do you want a hand with it N I space J A Y Nick Jay. <laughs> <sighs> it's going to have no friends at the end of this you know I don't know. <laughs> what is your next step anyway Aaron uh, we'd like to know to be fair for me personally I'd like to to start getting trial spots regular spots at some of the uh, more established London clubs so I'd quite like to get into break into top secret up the creek uh, did Angel earlier in the year I thought that went quite well I'd like to go back and see See if I can progress that a little bit further. But have you done? Have you done the King's Head at all? I haven't done the Cause, King's Head because if you I do haven't. the legendary tryout night there, they they're really good at like promoting people onto like paid spots and stuff. Yeah, I mean that's another one that I'd love to get onto as well. Backyard, I'd like to do. Um, there's loads. I I haven't really got a look in with them to be honest, and I think I'm at a point now where I could feasibly get a trial spot and get invited back and that's that's the aim I mean I've spoken to a lot of I mean I'd, for any, any like sort of novice kind of comedians listening to this I'd always say that don't don't be in a hurry to get like a manager or an agent and stuff but I do know a few like managers work and they say that just do like do like your I don't know like a proper show like so you're out set or something mm-hmm. and then uh, and then invite a load of management management and agents along to it and they will come along um and that, I think I think that would, that would probably help you get more paid spots because you're probably at that point now where you you probably could do with a manager or an agent to sort of scout out that work or write those emails or write those. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I could get paid. Um, I don't think I'm at a point where I should get paid regularly. I think there's a lot of acts out there. It's, it's such a deep talent pool that it would be very naive of me to think that I'm in the same bracket as the paid slots that we work with yeah um but I think I could I think with the right night the right promoter I can do that and that would be something that I'd like to develop as well just to save on fuel you know (laughs) (laughs) purely for that reason yeah just just don't like shelling out (laughs) (laughs) are you sponsored by shell (laughs) Oh, you're non- by Garnier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, t- uh, Danny, so tell me about like a time when like Louis properly killed it on stage. Well, what sticks to mind for me with you, Louis? I say when I saw you, um, I saw you MC in a pro night the other night uh, in Peterborough for Pearface. I've never seen you. I told you the other night I've never seen you MC like that. You held the crowd together well. There was a few <laughs> backstage problems that you dealt with very professionally, and. Um, your material was bang on that night as well. Yeah. You had the, the, the crowd literally eating out the palm of your hands. Like you look like you'd been doing it for ten years, not eighteen months. Yeah, I appreciate that. Man. I, don't I know think you certainly found a niche of DMC. You're well. very, very good at it. It's very natural, very you. likable, and audiences yeah, just sort of get on board. Which is, you know, as an MC, that's what you want, isn't it? 
And this, uh, that's a good topic because um, <laughs> this one for the benefit <laughs> for the benefit of the lesson of the pizza, we've got pizzas in the oven, and I think we've burnt every single one of them. Oh, guys, it's bad news, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god. <laughs> that pizza got burned almost as bad as Nick J. N I C K J A Y. The funny thing is, imagine if Nick J went viral because of this. He'd love it. He'd love <laughs> yeah, he it. Would. Imagine the super likes he'd get as a result of this. Mm. Unbelievable. I'm gonna bring it in. My goodness. Yeah, well, I didn't see the time, did I? It's 15 minutes. It's been it looks like a black stubble. forest gatto. It's meant to be a pizza. Yeah, well, that was my oven, isn't it? <laughs> I could blame something else. Yeah. Shall I make this, I make this the episode title image? <laughs> yeah, <no. laughs> I'll send it to you. I think you should hold it up like he's proud of it as it's well. It's very, like... very, very hot at the moment. But I would do. Not now. I'm really annoyed at myself. You haven't just let us down, you let yourself down. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to... We've got quiche there, you don't have to cook quiche. Well... Good job and all. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine the state of that cage. Cheers, <laughs> yeah. guys. Keeping it down. Lovely. And I just spent the last pizza, but. <laughs> are, you, are you sure you want to continue answering that question we just asked you? Uh, what was the question? Just um, so you, you spoke about um, Louis Nalen as an MC, oh, yeah. and I, I thought we'd bring that on to like your thoughts on MCing, because for me, like, I mean, I, I think I've just rewritten some of my stuff now, so uh, it'd probably be a little bit more upbeat than what my previous stuff has been. But I just, I, so, so I, before I wasn't really MCing because of, I, it, it kind of conflicts with what I do on stage. So how, how, how do you feel about that? I mean, like For me personally, it really irritates me because we, we obviously we run a few nights and we kind of share out what we do. Um, mm. So one month, Aaron will MC, the next month you'll MC, the next month I'll MC. And these two are absolutely diamond MCs, but I cannot do it to save my life I don't think you're being a bit harsh on yourself there I think it's because when I put myself when I see like you two guys I can't tell you how good you two are at it and I think like it's the same as anything if you put yourself next to someone that's really good at it you're never gonna I think the epic firework failure sort of knocked your confidence I think that epic firework failure was <laughs> one of my word. best pieces if you ask me oh my but... word one of my best pieces Watching ever you have we opened a can of worms now have we yeah, yeah. That, was, that was here he is it's <laughs> fucking worm he uh, I mean, it was it was bonfire night, wasn't it? And yeah. um, Danny said, I'm going to do a firework display in the middle of a pub in Ipswich. <laughs> a firework display. And he proper built it up. In. Brought the punters in, didn't it? Built so, it up. He didn't. It was, it was a... You know, it's quite quiet. <laughs> I think, but he... Um, a sandbag, I mean, he? <laughs> I was nice to you earlier. Now I'm telling the truth. Okay? <laughs> Um, he said here I've brought some pyrotechnics and he really built it up to the audience and then the joke was it was a tea candle right and he lit it up and you know held it up in the air everyone's like ah that guy you've tricked us you know we feel like fools now we all have a laugh and move on with the evening what he he failed to do was purchase a working lighter to light the tea candle so it took about what six seven attempts for a good That's spread generous. over a good couple of minutes That's generous. of him going I've nearly lit it guys <laughs> and then I had to borrow a lighter from the audience yes you did yeah comedy genius I'm pretty sure it was Nick's lighter wasn't it or Nick J. Nick J. I think it was Nick J. <laughs> yeah no that was horrific now I, I, I see for me like, I want to get good at MCing but there's a lot of I've only just learned how to be a comedian, and like being a stand-up and being an MC are two very different things. I think so. Like, yeah, I mean, it depends really because 
uh, most most comedians go to MC and purely so they become better at sort of improvising when things go wrong in the audience, you know. So, but building that, being able to go on the stage with a very small amount of um, like material and being able to play with that, and then if something happens to the audience or you do this audience interaction stuff, it's really great for that. But when you, like, especially when you have hecklers, who like, teaches you how to do that. Oh, but, I think that's probably my strength in comedy. You're a very good crowd work. Yeah, well, crowd, crowd work, crowd work, probably yeah. my strength. Over if if you said to me what was your talent, mine I would say mine's crowd work. Mm. Definitely. Or crowd remember? surfing. Or crowd surfing. God, oh, fucking hell. Those poor guys. <laughs> you need planning permission for that. Oh brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like the chance to get fat, but look at Staten and Peters. <laughs> right, okay, oh. that's deflecting that <laughs> That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> That is that is metaphorically running away from yeah, that the situation. Is, you literally pushed me down the fucking hill there. And ran away. <laughs> Good job it weren't Louis going down the hill. We'd never stop. Oh, 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 oh brilliant! <laughs> we do need to balance it all out, and one of you needs to tell us about um, a time that Danny's absolutely. You just you just told, spoke about a time where he fucked it up with fireworks. Let's spin that around and say something nice about Danny now. When time oh, he's nice. absolutely nailed his set. Says that nice about me. Go on. Yeah. Uh, he did a gig in Cambridge a couple of weeks ago, and it is the best I've seen him. You know, there were... Which one? Stamps gig. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. He was on fire. He was incredible. He, he was really good. The, the audience had been a little bit difficult throughout the night, and they just shut up when he got up there. You know, they were on board completely, got, mm. them, got them on side, and that was sort of a turning point, I think, for Danny as a performer. You know, the material's always been there and he's always sort of lacked confidence in his performance style of it. But he just went, he just went up there and spoke and it was very good. Yeah, I'll very agree with that. I, I do feel like I had a good deal. Yeah, you so. did. All right, mate, don't get arrogant about it. <laughs> so one of, the, one of the interesting things about doing this podcast is often, like, every, every comedian I speak to has a different way of constructing and engineering their jokes and stuff. So we're three comedians, four comedians, so I stretch to call myself a comedian, but three good comedians in, the, in this room. I'm interested to see how like, each of you sort of go about writing your jokes and how much that differs from each other. So I'll start with Aaron. Uh, we write together sometimes, which is really helpful. Um, or bounce off ideas and stuff. Bounce off, yeah, sort of go, come to the table with premises and then sort of develop some punchlines from there. Uh, I am lucky in a sense that I've sort of dissected my set down into sort of four to five main topics. So mm. I can sort of branch off them. Okay. I have deviated away from that a little bit recently. I'm going down a different route. So you do you tend to try and have like a topic that you'll say you're doing a five minute set, which I'm sure you're rarely doing now. You try and pick off like as many different sort of punchlines of that particular. Yeah, subject, I, if topic. I'm if I'm doing a five, if I'm doing a five of new stuff, I try to make most of it relate to the same theme. Yeah, and maybe have a couple of bankers either side to to get the audience on board. Just to show them that I'm not completely shit. When the material doesn't go down well. So, so when you, what's the first? Evidently, thought? neither did he. <laughs> I recently, recently listened to like a comedian talking, and they're saying that they never ever say hello to an audience when they get on stage. What's like the first thing you get on stage to do? Do you say hello to the audience, or do you just 
<laughs> yeah, my joke is saying all right to the audience, and uh, but then I think that's different because that goes deeper than just saying hello. That all right is is the joke, isn't it? it is. Yeah, it's more a case of addressing the fact that I do look like a twelve-year-old just stepped onto the stage, and the licensee isn't sure whether they should be serving me or not, whether I should be in the premises at all. Um, yeah, I think I have to reference it to be honest. Otherwise, people <laughs> take one look at me and think this young guy isn't going to be funny and Danny like how do you I mean the the interesting thing about you guys writing is that do you not find that you you sort of cross paths sometimes when you're like if you're writing together do you not risk not really because I think when we write together we all come to the table with something I mean for me we've got a whatsapp group yeah as well Um, I bet that's a laugh there's some things there we've got a whatsapp group of us and (laughs) I'm glad it's encrypted um, one of our friends Jake is in it as well <laughs> Jake Steers, really Jake good Steers. comedian. Oh yeah, he's okay. I thought you were gonna um, mention Nick J again. Nick who? Nick J. <laughs> <laughs> Nick J. <and> Felix. <laughs> yeah, no, we've got a group in there. Jay, great comedian. Um, but we we tend to like if we've got an idea, we'll put it in that group. And just say we've got this rough idea. What do you think? Jake often sends a voice note, doesn't he? Yeah, which Jake, I like. I, I love his voice note. Voice. I love it. Yeah. So funny. Um, but yeah, no, and then we just kind of spitball from there, really. And it's just I think. We're all, we've all got quite different. We've all got the same sense of humour, but we've all got very different ways of delivering yeah. our sets. Yeah. If you know what I mean. So, like the stuff that Louis tells, I don't think my personality would really suit. Right, because you, know, you do okay. a lot of stuff about like uh, different views on parenting and things like that. And and you're quite, I'd say, out of all of us, you were the cleanest. Yeah, and I know that just wouldn't necessarily suit me. And the same there, and the stuff that Aaron talks about because he's young and good looking, and I'm old and not so good looking it just doesn't really work for me either so I think we don't really cross paths that often if we do we're, we quite often say oh no you know what I'll step back you can have that one or you'll step- oh, yeah I was going to say if anything does cross over we sort of look who's got the stronger stuff and then just say look is there anything yeah. that I've got that you want to work with yeah I was going to ask is that so if, if you like that it's something's hit you Louis and you think right and this is a dynamite joke but I don't think I'm the right person to, to tell this See, would you then I'm, I'm a bit different to these guys these guys are writing all the time whereas mm. I have to have an idea and like but once my idea comes all of a sudden I get a flood of stuff I, would you agree with that I think yeah. I write I write in spats rather than okay. all, like, all the time and it's probably the bit I struggle with the most I think actually writing a bit yeah mm. um I, I am working on it, but like all, all of a sudden, I'll be laying there and I'll, I'll think of a, a bit of gold, and then it will just unravel something. And then it's so normally when I'm laying in the bath, believe it or not. Yeah. Yeah, and I'll get a bit of gold and I'll start going off on there, and then all of a sudden he's like bombarded with jokes from me, and I'm trying to get them to give me some get approval. Sign off. <laughs> yeah. And for, but that's how I do it. So, but if there is anything like like we say that we cross over on. I don't. I don't think there's really ever been a great deal, has there? No. I mean, to be fair, we all have like one of one of my opening jokes that I use, which gets the best laugh, is a joke that Aaron wrote for me, and yeah. that's my, I've got a joke about plates, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had the joke anyway, and Aaron said, "Oh, that'd be really good if you added this punchline at the end." Yeah. And I added it in, and since then it's like a, it was an okay joke before, and now it's a great joke. So it definitely, definitely help each other out. Yeah, yeah I absolutely. think so. I wouldn't be where I would be a long way behind where I am if it weren't for these two guys. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Very mm. to be fair. Right, that's interesting. I mean, and and going forward, like, if what happens when one of you does like get I don't know get onto live at the Apollo or something like that? When when one of you because you know like when you're at school and stuff and 
you, you're with your friends or the people you grow up with and you think one becomes slightly more successful than the other how, how are you going to deal with that going forward yeah, I'll just forget about them no <laughs> 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 no nah, nah, we've always said anyway, if one of us goes we all go we've always said that haven't we somewhere or another so yeah. if, if one of you gets like a proper tour the other guys will be supporting and yeah, 100%, tour. yeah 100% yeah, yeah definitely time will tell definitely we've been in it from the beginning so got to be to the end but it's also a case of like whenever I think of comedy I don't think of comedy without thinking of these two right I mean we do gigs separately quite a bit recently actually haven't we yeah I think we're getting to the stage where we're doing less <clears throat> less, less, like Aaron was saying we're doing less open mics now so yeah. there aren't Instead of there being like 15 spots in a the night, there's only like four spots in a night, so it's harder for us to gig together now. But I can't imagine going to. Like, we went to Liverpool, didn't we? Yeah. And, oh, like, and the. Um, the hot water. Hot water. Hot water. Was it in February? Yeah. February. And, I, you know, one of the biggest comedy clubs in the country couldn't believe that we were booked there, but I wouldn't have liked to have done that drive there and back by myself like these two guys here, because the whole way there we were talking about our set and. I think the best thing about that was the drive home, to be honest. <laughs> the drive home was... was, was we, we, we finished at, what, 11 o'clock in Liverpool? Like, when we were on the road and stuff, we, we're ridiculous, like... We the playlist we've yeah. got yeah. for our car, no one would suspect that any of them... Oh, not. our anthem is the most unsuspecting song. <laughs> I, th- I don't think you could give the listeners a thousand guesses and... They would not guess it. Every so. gig on the way there. Glass the anthem, mate. Yeah. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to tell you what it is, but if you do, if you do guess right, if you guess right, you can get free tickets to. If you guess right, I've got, I've got one lovely pizza set in front of you. <laughs> yeah, ship out here. Yeah. Photo <laughs> attached to this episode. It survived the shipping as well. <laughs> Someone once said, "Like um, you'll never be, you know, you'll never be funnier than you already are, right?" And and like the classic thing with like comedy is that you know all of us have laughs with our friends and stuff and our mates and, and just like crack up in front of our friends and then and then because of that we think that, oh maybe we could do this on stage um, often people who do comedy aren't the funniest in their, their social circles but it's in how is it like because you're basically spending your time with your best mates all the time who are hilarious because they're comedians yeah uh, how, how, how is that for you I, mean, how? I, I, I love it but we have a very banterful group anyway don't we I think it's probably gets a bit leery sometimes yeah, oh, it can get a bit heated but I, yeah. I think that's just down to passion and it's normally between me and um, Aaron normally yeah <laughs> me and you will have a big one once every, once every year but yeah once, once every year me and daddy will have a big blowout one of us will leave the glass eye group <laughs> <laughs> the other one will add us back yeah. <laughs> then we'll have a big cuddle at the end of it and we're all alright again but it, yeah, it's nice, nice all, Aaron in the middle there yeah, they, yeah they, always, they always come out of a good place but we, we come from a really banterful group anyway like yeah. there's a lot of banter amongst all of us isn't there yeah um, there's practical jokes constantly and yeah so it's always good fun and we've always like, we're really encouraged as well so we're quite lucky there yeah for the people who got around us if we didn't have them people around us we wouldn't be where we are yeah that's I, another thing like one of the hardest things about like dying on your ass or doing a tough gig is dying on your ass like Nick J yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah um, nearly as bad as Danny Danny but uh, cheers mate no you said forgot yourself you know, forgot about it again didn't I oh, <laughs> he's bringing back bringing his back. memories honestly sometimes at night I can still see those children yeah <laughs> <laughs> The ones from the gig? Or well, the ones from the, the gig. Basement? Come on, guys. I'm not Rolf Harris. Well, other, than, other than being Nick Jane and still being alive, one of the hardest things is coming off a, a set where you don't think you've done well and having that sort of long drive home on your own. Like, how much do you lift each other up after such situations? I, I, I'll, I'll go straight in here. I actually think we were actually really honest with each other. Yeah. Yeah. If one of us is shit, we say it. 
Oh, would you agree? Yeah. Yeah, because that's I've probably learned more from that. If I or if something hasn't worked or I've done something differently, these two are so honest. See, for, for me, we done our first gig. We done me and Louis done our first gig in the back garden in front of friends and family. And at the time, it seemed like a really good idea because you thought, well, if I'm going to die, what die in front of my friends and family? Yeah, yeah. Rather than a bunch of strangers. But in hindsight, like that didn't really do anything for my my confidence because your friends and family are always going to tell you that you're good. Mm. Whereas the first time I went away to a gig and I went to a room full of strangers and there was like twenty people in there that didn't know me, they didn't owe me anything. Yeah, um, yeah. And I smashed that one. That's when I thought, well actually, I'm probably alright at this because if I weren't funny, these people didn't need to laugh. Whereas if my family would laugh if I read the phone book, you know what I mean? So that's what I feel. I feel like the more times you play re- to strangers, the, the higher your confidence yeah, gets. Definitely. You could make reading the phone book really fucking funny, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a good try. Yeah. Who even has a phone book anymore? Don't they don't even make them yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's a shame yeah. Yeah. I heard, uh, yeah you used to get them in hotels like if you, if you finish all the biscuits and all the coffee you could just sort of read the phone book and... <laughs> in, in all fairness being how young he is we probably want to explain to Aaron what the phone book is yeah. <laughs> if you wouldn't mind it's, it's, it's a bit like yell.com but in the book <laughs> okay yeah. yeah have you ever heard of the yellow pages as well that's a spin off of the phone book <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, think, I think one was inspired by the other. One of them you can find out people's numbers, like normal people's numbers, and then the yellow, the yellow pages is like a business, a book of business. I'm going to put a spoiler out here as well. Yeah. It was yellow. Was yeah. it? Yeah. And there were plenty of pages. Plenty of pages. Quite a lot. Quite a few pages. So, If you uh, haven't read the phone book, I hope I haven't spoiled it for you. Yeah, spoiler Brilliant like read, five stars. <laughs> Glass I recommends. <laughs> the phone book. Yeah. So, what what's, what does the next year have um, in store for like the Glass Eye Comedy? We've got quite a lot coming up, haven't we? We've got the gala. Yep. Which we haven't finished booking yet. No, Santa's Secret Shenanigans, we've obviously in December. Yeah. Which will be our second birthday. Um, the gala is something we do in like a social club to like 150 people, but it's a um, like a charity event. We've done it for a few charities. We've raised money for British Art Foundation, Safa, Tegan Smiles. Yeah. And I think we're doing it for Mind this year, aren't we? Yeah, something Mind, isn't it? But yeah, we got. I think we're looking to grow. We want to. We want to start running a pro night if possible. Yeah, because there is no pro nights in Ipswich anymore. No, we're looking at venues and things like that, aren't we? So. Yeah. What sort of capacity do you, are you looking at? Hundred to start with, really. Hundred to start with. There. Sell tickets for a fiver. Sort of. Well, I don't know. We're not going to give you all our business ideas, Luke. Right. <laughs> 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 yeah. How, how does one join this WhatsApp group? <laughs> Uh, there is a way of joining the WhatsApp group, and I don't think <laughs> you want to do it. No. I don't think you want to do it. I mean, Steezy had a good fucking run, didn't he? He <laughs> gave it a good try. So. <laughs> it involves Louis, a handbag, and a shitload of ham. So. <laughs> Sounds like a good fucking night. <laughs> That's fucking that's probably Wow. So are you guys are you guys gonna take like a tray up to Edinburgh Fringe at all? Uh we're gonna go up to the fringe this year, but we're only gonna jump on opens to start with. Oh, okay. You're just gonna go up there um, and jump on five minute spots and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's more more about the networking I'd say. Yeah, definitely wanna network up there this year. I we we keep talking about you taking a glass eye compilation show. Yeah. Um that could be a shout. Yeah. But we don't wanna do, the biggest thing for me is something I got told from very early on was you can take a gig too early but you can never take a gig too late so I don't want to jump onto something that I'm not ready for I mean I'm, that's talking yeah. for me not me. that is a thing isn't yeah. it like we could have probably cobbled together a show to take up this year but I, I would hate to go up there with all the comedians eyes on us and take something that wasn't ready 
and after doing the first couple of episodes, I had Dom on, and then I had a girl called Kitty Harvey on, and all of them, all of them were single, right? And they all just came on. I came onto the podcast, and by the time you get to the sort of halfway through the questions and stuff, you sort of penetrated like there. Um, not, not there. <laughs> um, the I, I, I do these all comedy. deliberately. I do this all deliberately. Like, the minute I know they're single, I'm I'm on it. Um, <laughs> no, but you, you you ask these questions, and you get you get into the depths of like their lives and stuff and then suddenly they, they open up and they tell you everything about their life and you just, I just became like a pimp I was just trying to plug their singularity and say like yeah they're looking this is what they're looking for Dom, Dom wasn't fussy he just wanted to lose his virginity but, the Tinder of podcasts um, but yeah so if you if you want to, if you want to plug that then fine that's alright I don't mind yeah I think I'm I'm pretty single not as single as Nick J but I'm 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 available. Louis, you're, you're single, yeah, I'm single too, aren't you? But I'm still nursing a broken heart, so. Look, mate, I'm just. Ted Lightly. Ted Lightly. He just wants to get laid at the moment. <laughs> That's the only way you can get the to thing heal is, a broken heart. Louis' nickname, I don't know if many people know this, is um, Smash and Dash. <laughs> 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 Always a slippery one, he is. <laughs> <coughs> Fucking cough. Fucking cough. That's yeah. a weird nickname. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, what was the question? Plug, I thought you were plugging your singularity. No, I'm not plugging my singularity. <laughs> I don't need to. <laughs> don't need to. Got queuing up around the block. <laughs> Have you should you turned should. very east end there as well, <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> don't need to, sir. It's about ten years ago, that would have been hilarious and worked on stage, and you could have got away with it. I'm the worst for it. I mean, I'm cringing at some of the stuff that's been said here, so you better edit well. <laughs> <laughs> I am pretty bad for PC stuff, and I, I, I'm like, I try not to be offensive. The thing is, I think that spurs me and Aaron on a little bit more though to try and make you feel uncomfortable. Yeah, it does make me feel really uncomfortable. I've made you, put, I've put you in some uncomfortable situations yeah, before, right. and that gives me great pleasure. I won't lie to yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I, I hate it. You don't I like abs- it. I ha- absolutely hate it. Um, more because I'm just sort of like I'm 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 a lot more worried about the PC side of things than mm. these two, which shocks me really. But funny's funny, funny's funny. Scroll from why is that? Feed. Why is that? What what is there something happening like in your life that's caused that? No, I just think it usually works on one to one interviews because there's not there's not a mate there trying to <laughs> laugh at him. No, um, I think it's just because I've always watched. Like my idea of being a comedian is being a comedian for everybody. Yeah, I don't want to sort of narrow my audience down, so that's why I sort of try to be as PC as possible. Mm. Don't get me wrong, some I can't be too. I'm trying my hardest not to even look at him, so I don't make him laugh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about some of the situations I've put you in. They're, yeah. they're not, they're not suitable to broadcast. Yeah, they're not but... broadcast either. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I just find like certain situations. Like when I was at Camp Festival quite a few years back. I was playing music there, Mad Little playing, and they were doing. You know, it's like a family festival. Yeah, yeah. They were playing, and they they were doing a sound check before they went on, and they said, um, "A sucks was on there." He said, "Can you hear that?" And someone someone just said, "I, I don't know." Asked the children. He said, "Children, can you fucking hear this?" <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and he just like in the mid, like two in the afternoon. I, I, I think I'm not to the point where I'm like. I'd never, you'd never put me in front of a children's audience, that's for sure. But, Don't do it, mate. Pardon? Don't do it. <laughs> He's done it before, it didn't go well. No. You'd never put me in front of a children, but like, I just don't want to 
offend people in the world that we live in now because I just think it could bite you in the ass later on. Oh, you have to be careful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like now you have to def- you have to sort of make you don't have to only make your jokes bulletproof. You yeah. have to make them bulletproof for ten years time. Yeah, exactly. Someone would dig up some dirt. That's exactly. You see people all the time, don't you? They get sacked and stuff because they went through their Twitter and found tweets when they were like 16 or something yeah. was... I, I personally think that there's nothing you can't joke about to be honest I think I think you should be able to joke about everything I'm and the reason, totally with you and, and the reason I say that is because is because that we need to be talking about these difficult subjects oh yeah right? definitely and the, the, all I would say is that like I, I suffer from bipolar and I don't get offended by much at all and I don't get offended by things that people say about bipolar because there's nothing fun, there isn't anything funny about like having suicidal thoughts or being depressed or or going through an episode and stuff, but there are funny circumstances around it. Oh yeah, and, and I think if you you make your jokes clever around that, make everything around it funny, even if it's disability, even if it's females, even if it's yeah. um, homosexuality, like you can joke about these things. You just have to be intelligent enough to yeah. To it's the whole laughing around. up and laughing down yeah. thing, isn't it? It's laughing yeah. up at something rather. But any of us can make any of our jokes could be taken out of context and then published and then someone would find offence because they've taken out all the substance of what it was about and just said that quoted you on one thing so yeah. uh, you know if, you, if you're saying that it's wrong for me to talk about these things then well, you're reporting about it yeah. so that's no better than what I've done and what, all you've done is taken it out yeah, I just think I'm a, bit, I'm a lot more careful than you guys, aren't I? That's, I think that's just the way. I'm certainly more careful. Than yeah, you. certainly more careful than Danny. I think if it's if it's done well as well, it's um, it sort of breaks down the stigma around certain situations and certain topics that there may be somebody that's gone to a comedy show that, for example, has had suicidal thoughts in the past, has kept it to themselves, and they've seen a comic be able to make not necessarily light of the situation mm. but they're able to address it and it makes that situation seem a little bit more normal to them yeah and it, it, it breaks down a barrier and i think you know you can't go out and mock the subject and be horrible no. about no. the subject I think that's but if the done well it can, yeah. it can yeah. be quite powerful Right, and I asked this, ask this question to every single comic that comes on. Sometimes it didn't make the final cut, but if you as a you're going to advise anyone like just starting out, like just thinking about starting like comedy and stuff, what would you? What's the thing you'd advise them? Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, good <laughs> advice. Work for me. And cut there. End of the show. <laughs> um, my advice would just be get up and do it. Yeah, I think it's yeah, common. It, just get up and do it because it took me probably fourteen years just to get up and do it. Yeah, no, exactly, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I started at 16 as well, but then I gave it up for a long time. Yeah, um, For a very long time. And I wish I'd kept up with it. Yeah. Like, purely because I'd, I'd... All those little bad habits that I st- I'm still trying to iron out, I would have got rid of over that time. But. Don't get me wrong, I mean, if I'd have started back when I was 16, I'd be... Like, I don't think I'd be anywhere near what I was now. Even no. Because, just purely because of my life experiences and stuff. Mm. But I do think like the biggest thing is just to get up and do it. It's so yeah. important. I think a lot of people think that you can get up and it's just telling a joke. But like, not many people realise how hard it is to be a stand-up comic because there isn't that many opportunities to practice. Like, if I wanted to play guitar... Especially in the east of England, exactly. yeah. Like, if I wanted to play my guitar, I could pick that up and I could play that in here and I can hear what it sounds like. And But there's yeah. no, with comedy, there's no crowd to go off, so you need them, them open slots to kind of test that out. So... It's the same as like if you want to be a sparky, isn't it? You do an apprenticeship. You've got to learn how to do it. You can yeah. you can't ever expect to be nailing something when you're 
starting out. No, yeah, they say it's a ten-year apprenticeship. Um, yeah, that's what I think it's a common yeah. common thing they say. But I, I mean, for me, like the the other thing about getting up and doing like open mic nights, like it's quite likely that you're gonna you're gonna dine your eyes quite a few times doing them because you can never judge an open mic night. I mean, I started on the music open mic nights doing stand up, and they're they're even harder to turn an audience because they're pissed off that someone's speaking to them. Yeah. I hate um, music, music and comedy gigs. Yeah. I, I, I did Mixed one. Bills, yeah. I did one that I've got. To, I've got to talk about now. Come on. I got booked. It was my. It was probably my first ever paid gig. It was only a fiver. He was chucking all the acts of fiver that came on and done something. And uh, I went to this pub to an open mic night, and uh, it wasn't an open mic night in the end. It was a reggae night, and they just wanted me to do a bit of stand up at the beginning. And literally nobody was there to listen to uh-huh. stand up in the middle of the set. This like. The barman started moving the pool table, which was like right in front of me. Oh god! <laughs> he also had dreadlocks and a rastafari. <laughs> so you're basically there to warm up an open mic, a music open mic night. Yeah. And it didn't happen. And I've never touched a music slash. Well, you were meant to, weren't you? I was meant to. <laughs> yeah, you cancelled the bastard. I mean, interestingly, my first my first return my return gig was an open music open mic night, and surprisingly, it went down a storm. Yeah. And it, 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 sometimes those gigs are like not actually that healthy. We'd done a gig in Berry that was music and comedy, and that was the 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 only one. I've it was done two was sections, good. though, wasn't it? Rather than that was uh, music comedy, music comedy, yeah. music comedy. Oh, okay, but that, that to be fair, the guy it was Yogi one, weren't it? Yeah. And that was a, that that was the only night I've had where I've seen music and comedy mixed where it's actually worked pretty well. Like I I, I think that people don't realise quite how spoken word comedy is. It's like they can chat away when a musician's on, but if they yeah, chat yeah. away when a comedian's on, it kind of ruins it for everyone else. And I think they struggle to adapt between the two. Yeah, and also you really on open mic mixed bills, you really have like an MC link in between so if you if you need you know it's hard enough to warm up an audience as an MC anyway but if you're then you've got a five minute slot and you're the only comedian on the bill yeah so you have half your sets just them getting used to someone standing there without an instrument yeah um, it is um, it is difficult definitely yeah I don't think music and comedy should mix too often I'm at the stage now where I would Unless you're Paul Richards and you're just fucking incredible at both. Everything, yeah. <laughs> but we to advise anyone, do as many open mic slots yeah, as you absolutely. can. Yeah, absolutely. Get the stage presence, write your five minutes of dynamite and and just keep doing that set until you're really, really confident. Don't, don't expect paid work too early as well. No, yeah. exactly. Uh, that's one of the ones that I find, I've noticed with people on the circuit. Don't get me wrong, I've been really lucky and received paid work. Yeah. Um, but realistically, I shouldn't have... Do you know what I mean? I've just been extremely lucky, but the amount of comics that sort of come to you now and say, "Oh, you know, can where do you get your paid work from? Can I go to this comedian?" And I'm thinking, we well, realistically, you've done five, six gigs. Yeah. Or you've been with one in the night, and you get someone that we know. Like, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head, but you get someone that you think, and they'll say, "Oh, have you got any slots? Have you got any paid slots?" And you think, "Well, you're not really at the standard for paid slots," but because they. No, they kind of think they can manipulate you a little bit. I think, but mm. well, I think that's where the comedy market is so um, so different to the rest of the entertainment industry because, like, comedy is one of the few that you probably don't get paid a lot to start with. Whereas, where bands get booked in, they get money straight away, don't they? Mm-hmm. Virtually, yeah. If you're good at comedy, you can get paid quite. Well, not, not saying not saying quickly, but you will eventually get paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got no doubt uh, you get paid, but just don't expect it too early. Yeah. you know, take them when they come. But just don't be chasing that paid work because also the other thing, you don't want to fall into that comedian that keeps applying for paid slots and people go, oh, I'll see him again. I think yeah. at a point where you get to the point where you're ignored. When I was used to be in a band and it's the same thing then. If you're ever doing it for the money, you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah, I think. Exactly. yeah, yeah. yeah. And it'll be very clear very quickly. 
that yeah. to two promoters and stuff. And the other thing is, you don't really want to burn bridges too early, no. because it, you know you see some comedians that get all those great slots, but then they'll have a real struggle to get them again because they, they they've done it before they're good that, enough. That would be my other piece of advice to anybody who starts comedy: is network. Yeah, network, network, network. network. Be nice to everyone. I mean, yeah, because yeah. literally, like, nice to everyone that you meet in comedy because it's it's a very small world. Yeah, actually. The thing about the comedy circuit is that the percent of comedians are the most helpful. Oh yeah, such a great yeah, community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong; you get the odd knobhead, but <laughs> he pointed at me as he said that. <laughs> you get the odd knobhead. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you do get the you know same as everything, but there's nowhere near as many knobheads in comedy as you would expect there to be. Everyone is just so supportive. Even like when we went up to Liverpool, the people up there, which mm. like Freddie Quinn, he's like got an Amazon special and he's like hosting hot water every night he still had the time to sit there and talk to us and and, and, and that's the thing it's, 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 it's as much about support and networking as it is about performing yeah definitely definitely I agree with that alright thanks for having thank, thanks for having me guys on my podcast thanks for joining me guys yeah thank you very, very much for having us. thank you sorry about the pizza that's alright it's not is it it's not alright at all <laughs> was, uh, at least at least one pound seventy five that I'd like to dedicate this podcast to Nick J. (laughs) Thanks, Aaron. Well, how does one even begin to sum that up? They're clearly hilarious, and the glass eye comedy nights that they run are equally amazing. So follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Glass Eye Comedy. They do two regular monthly nights, and all the information is on Facebook and Instagram. If you are a comic and would love to perform for them, drop them a message on social media. Or ping them an email to glasseyedcomedy at gmail.com. In the episode, we spoke about how Cambridge audiences can sometimes be a bit a bit difficult to, to make laugh or to, to turn on your side. Well, these lads performed for me at the Bridge Comedy Club this month, and every single one of them went down a storm and smashed it. So get down to any of their gigs. It'll be well worth your time. Just before I go, remember to follow me on Twitter and Facebook at LukeAComedian.com. Uh, sign up to my mailing list and donate a few quid to the podcast to keep it going. That's lukeantonycomedy.co.uk forward slash TCO podcast. Hit that donate button. It really does help. Anyway, until next time, much love. Hello, I'm Luke Anthony. Do you love hearing about the stars, careers, lives and mental health? Well, Meet the Stars is a brand new podcast all about that. Join me every week from Wednesday the 2nd of December for an excellent conversation with a different star each episode. Simply go over to members.starevents.online to become a member which gives you exclusive access to every episode and so many other brilliant features just for you. See you there.